or like typing something and like you, you use the wrong there or you say like you don't spell the the right way and the motherfucker will completely ignore the point that you made but then go to this one thing to yeah. like be like oh well you said this wrong to like kind of you know gaslight and make it seem like your point is totally invalid and you know it's trash it's an it's not an, i'm not gonna say an abuse of power though because i don't well i guess it is an abuse of power if you are somebody who is you know having quote unquote more knowledge than someone else in a certain area and you're using that knowledge to put them down and to derail their argument or derail their point that is an abuse of power and it's also hella elitist and it's one of those things that when I see other people doing it, frustrating because I see it so much more happening online, like on mm-hmm. like Twitter and Facebook and shit like that. Comments, where people are like making good points or may not even necessarily just making like a good point or a good argument. They could be saying something that's like pretty much neutral, and then somebody come over like there with an IE and like or not ER or whatever. And it's like, bitch, but you knew what this person meant. And like, what does that do for you to correct them in this way? It's like, again, like, is why are you so small? <laughs> like, why is that something that you need to bring That's a up? That's good example of my phrase. Yeah. Why are you so small? Like, you very simply just feel like um, people who like, you know, are doing that to feel bigger, feel like, you know, to get something like, you know, oh, I'm better than you. Like, why do you feel so small that you need to do that? And more than that, it also is, like, part of the reason that it's elitist is that everybody doesn't have the same educational opportunities. There are people where English is not their first language. So, and if you are, if English isn't, if you're not an English speaker, speaking person, and it's not your first language, English is extremely hard to learn. It's like a lot of rules, and then those rules don't really count because you know sometimes this happens and blah 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 blah. Like I still spell shit wrong when it's like uh, e i or i e, and like I know it's like i before e except for c, I, or I, I pronounce this a in neighboring way, and it's like I hate that I don't trust that for whatever reason in my brain. I'm like I don't trust that shit. That must be wrong. And well, then like sometimes it is right. I guess I mean, every time I'm like. I always do it the other way. They're like, I for you, except, except after C, and I'm like, fuck that, bro. I put E before I, like, all the time. And then I have to look back at it. Like, I was just sitting here in my head trying to think about how to spell this um, T-H-I-E-R mm-hmm. there, or is it E-I? I don't fucking know. E-I. English is fucked up, basically. <laughs> um, but it's, like, really hard to, to learn, especially, like, even though if it's not your first language or whatever. Um, and the people who do it are usually people, like, I see it so much on my face, like, I, we were talking about this at a granddaddy's thing, and it was like, oh, sometimes you have to keep problematic people in your social media feeds, because it lets you know that, hey, you know what, yes, we're in this woke bubble where everybody's using the right pronouns, and, you know, we're vegan, and we're trying to fight the earth, or whatever the fuck else, but that's something I don't want to talk about, oh, we talk about our next subject, actually, okay, yeah, um, but your second track, oh, yes, but, yeah, Long story short, that was trash of me. Second trash thing is something that I just realized that I do, not just me, but like me and my friends and people that I'm around, like like microaggressions, not necessarily just against like my friends and stuff, but just against people who are uh, lower on the social ladder than me. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, making fun of like crackheads or mm-hmm. you know, like my best friend, I always joke with her that she's a crackhead because her dad is a drug addict. Mm. Um, and, like, it's our, like, she jokes about me, to me about, like, you know, being a sex worker and shit like that. So, like, it's, there's, 
between me and her, it's like it feels even. But the thing is, is like we're jo- like her making a joke about me being a sex worker negatively impacts sex workers outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And me making jokes about her being like you know a crack baby affects people outside of her mm-hmm. <laughs> because. People don't know what our relationship is, and they hear it. And sometimes people join in, and like we definitely be quick, like, "Oh, bitch, this is my crack baby joke. You don't get to hop in and like so like in like that." But just like beyond that, like making jokes about people who like making fun of what's the the boxer name uh, Floyd Mayweather, like mm-hmm. the fact that that nigga can't read, and it's like yeah. actually that's not funny to make fun of illiteracy. Yeah. Um, granted, like and the. I was like talking to her about it. And she was like, that nigga beat women. And I was like, okay, so we can shit on him for beating women. Yeah, we don't have to shit on him for being illiterate. Like, <laughs> like, you don't have to be, like, just because that person is a dick doesn't mean you have to be a dick in return. Um, it was, and somebody was like talking shit about Caitlyn Jenner. Somebody was talking shit, oh, I was like, somebody was talking shit, quick lesson. Somebody was talking shit about Caitlyn Jenner one time. And the response to the per like some other person was like, oh, this is why, blah, blah, blah. And I'm gonna call you Bruce and like, you know, doing that. And I was like, there are so many reasons to shit on her. There are so many valid attacks that you can have against Caitlyn Jenner that are real and valid and not transphobic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you chose to be transphobic. So it's like, now I gotta get on her ass and your ass yeah. because you are just the spot. Like, no, I don't defend shorty. But I don't defend you. And exactly. I think your actions are shitty. But her actions are also shitty. Just in different ways. <laughs> also, but also in a transphobic and anti-trans. Yeah, she is. I'm so happy that I they moved. Think. I remember when she first, you know, transitioned and people were trying to make her the face of the trans movement. And I was just like, but like she actively didn't want to be. Like she actively didn't want to be. Okay, I just I get it. Right, right, right. Okay, so those are my two trash things of the week. Just trying to be more mindful of my microaggressions and, um, Correcting people's speech. I know that we have a rule that me and Izzy go by. It's like if a person can't fix it in 10 seconds, then don't bring it up. Yeah. So. Don't bring it up when you're a good bitch. I was a bad little bitch. I mean, you still got some work to do. We all got work to do. <laughs> trash thing of the week segment. We all got work to do. Now, my trash thing of the week. Oh, I think I told you. It was something that we had talked about before. And then, like, people were like, oh, that's your trash thing of the week. And I'm like, was it one time? Oh, yesterday? Mm-hmm. Was it yesterday? Was it? I don't even remember the one from last night. Um, I guess we'll move on to this one. So, so okay, so let's go ahead. Um, this is I feel like I have a trash thing in the week, and then I mention it, and then like I'll do it again, and like I'm like, bitch, calm down. Like, we get it, you trash. Like, you gotta do this shit. But um, so. I think I was on Instagram or something and you know how a lot of times people are like, well, there is a, it's a trans person is passing mm-hmm. around that. Um, and like how that's not, that's not the, their goal. There's yeah. no such thing as passing. Yeah. It's just like different types of women. Um, and, but I'll say this now, but, and, um, I was looking through my Instagram, whatever. And I was like, uh, so I was going through somebody's page and then I like saw in their bio it was like trans woman. Uh-huh. I was like, you can't be trans, you're cute. In my head I said this trash thing of the week. And then instantly after I said it, I was like, ooh, I had the same reaction. They're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like figure that out. Um so yeah, that was my trash thing of the week. And yeah. I 
talking to one of my coworkers about this and about like transphobia in general. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as cis people, I don't think there were, I don't, I was like, as a cis person, I don't think that there will ever become, be a time in my life where I'm just like not transphobic. Yeah, I, I was like, it's like, it's like varying, like obviously it's varying degrees. Like Eliana five years ago, way more transphobic than I am now, way less educated, way less willing to learn. And it's like, I've gotten marge, I have gotten like, you know, made strides and being better. But it was like, I still do think horrible things. And that, like, and, and like, not necessarily horrible things, but I still think problematic things. That's Ooh. what I'll say. I still think problematic things. Um, but it's like, those are, it's like, I also still have internalized fatphobic thoughts. I still have misogynistic thoughts. Like, these are, what am I trying to say? Because you're saying that, oh, you keep having the same problem. And I was like, my, my thing is, oh, like, yes, I, I keep having the same problem. Because I think last time, a couple weeks ago, my other transgender um, was like, about the India more yeah. similar situation. No, so, like, it's not to bash you. It's like, honestly, I mean, first, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to give context. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, I say all of that to say that knowing that you have those thoughts and then catching them and then like internalizing like hey why did I think this why am I saying this like those those that is the work I feel like that's obviously that's not all the work you can do but I feel like that's like the baseline of work that you can do as a cis person to undo transphobia within the world because like it's like actions start somewhere and it's like okay if I let myself just have that action like oh you too cute to be trans and like keep going and don't correct that then, you know, it's not going to be nothing for you to be like, oh, well, you know, she would, like, it's nothing for you to go beyond that and, like, use a slur or to be like, well, you know, she got beat up because she tricked him and to, like, and to start having further problematic thoughts and shit. So, that's one of the reasons I like this segment. Keeping each other accountable. You niggas, keep yourselves accountable even though you don't want to tell me how you was trash. <laughs> I feel, I mean, I feel it. Nobody wants to admit to it, but we all are. And we're going to keep doing this because I actually like this segment. It's fun. Um, change of the week. I feel like some people should do this with like whoever your the friend you actually like is. <laughs> yeah, I know how that is. It's like the friend you actually like, and then you can have a conversation with them. Definitely do that. And like you know, talk about like, oh, how you been trash? And they can definitely start off being like, you know, I pulled somebody's chair when I was in class, and then they fell on the floor. Trash, pretty trash. <laughs> All right, and then like, oh, I uh, I did, I did some like microaggressions against a friend or some shit because I. Um, didn't text them after they text me because I wanted to like have power. Yeah. <laughs> like some small shit, but it's still problematic. You don't have to delve into all your phobias because you know you're re- maybe you're not ready, but you should be ready. But <laughs> if you're not, if you're not ready to hold yourself accountable in that point, please hold yourself accountable. And start to practice. Yeah. Anything. Um. This is we're gonna get into a more serious topic in just a second, but. Um, there was something that happened at work that just reminded me why this segment is important and why, like, seriously, owning up to when you have fallen short is important. So one of the girls at my job, she also works at a daycare, and they have this practice where, like, if you do something wrong to a child, like, if you were call them the wrong name, if you reprimand them for something they didn't do, or even praise them for something they didn't do, you apologize. Um, which I think is fantastic. I think adults really need to get in the habit of apologizing mm-hmm. to children because one, it teaches children how to apologize yeah. in the future. And then it also lets them know that adults are human beings, not gods. And that when they wrong you, they owe you an apology yeah. because other people do. Yeah. 
and like it, it empowers them to seek an apology when they are done wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and this girl's like, I ain't apologizing no fucking four year old. Like you, you can't even spell sorry. Why would I say sorry to you? And then I go on to explain everything I just said. And she was like, I mean, they don't even know no better though. And I was like, Yes, they do. I was like, At five years old, you knew when your parents did something like you. We talk, we joking shit all the time about like getting whoopers for shit you didn't do. And like your parents find it out later and then not saying nothing about it, being like, oh, you know, I'm gonna take you to the store or something. And you understood how that felt at five. And she was like, we're having this whole conversation because me and her have had this previous conversation about like your parents snapping on you and then never saying sorry. And like she had this whole last epiphany, like, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, you stupid bitch. I mean, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But like literally, like just like trying to like fight me on this the whole time. Like I'm not apologizing to the child. But I was like, like, there's some, some very much underlying shit for the reason why she was so adamant about not apologizing. So like, that's why I was like, I got to that. I was like, you just want to punch down on the same people that like, I was like, I feel like the reason that you don't want to say sorry is because you feel like you're getting back at those adults who didn't say sorry mm-hmm. at you, to you. And I was like, no, you're just taking that out on children. You're just repeating the cycle. I was like, yeah, and now man. those kids are going to look at you and be like, yeah, you know, Miss Dominique came in here and she drank my juice box and then told me that too bad. <laughs> like, also, you got to think about like, if everybody else is holding themselves accountable but you in a small space, because yeah. daycare is usually a very small space, everybody knows each other, supposed to feel comfortable. And then you the only one out out of the line in this situation. Yeah. Then motherfuckers is gonna be like, "What's the tea, sis?" Like, and then granted, hopefully that child still understands saying sorry. Yeah. But they also everybody like, they realize that like you know motherfuckers out here being just like rude on purpose. Because <laughs> that's how it will feel. Because yeah. if there's an institution that says saying sorry is okay, yeah. and you're the only one who's not saying it, it's like this bitch is acting <laughs> the wheel. She's like really doing this shit on purpose, and then I'm taking that shit personally. And like so all of that yes and it just made me think i was like okay but if they're telling me that you need to say if like your superiors and your fellow co-workers are like oh no tell jamal you're sorry that you told him no and the answer really was yes or whatever and you're just like i ain't telling a four-year-old sorry do you know how that makes you look at your job like beyond what you're doing to these children's mentality let me bring it back because you know I would like this is my thing to Izzy all the time. I was like, you know, niggas don't understand shit until you make it about them. And it's like, so what about your job, sis? You just out here like I ain't gonna do that shit. Like, so they gonna fire you? And she was like, yeah, they already told me about it. I need to start doing it. And I was like, so you again? You are habit. I was like, what you are fuck? literally rebelling against the system, like for no reason because you're not even rebelling against the people who did the shit to you. You're not like, oh, I'm not gonna give them an apology. You're doing it to whole new. People, children specifically, just yeah. So hold yourself accountable for things. Apologize to people for things, because man, you don't want to be twenty eight years old at a fucking daycare taking your shit out on a kid. Also, speak to Yeah, like damn, bitch, really, right? Quick, like please for everybody's benefit. I was like, I was like, so what day can you work at? Won't be twenty my kids on that one. Hi, it's Eliana. Um, we just want to insert a warning here. We will be talking about sexual assault, sexual abuse, abuse of power, uh, and how all of those things relate to rape and rape culture. If you do not want to listen to that, we wholeheartedly understand. Listen to some other podcasts, or we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start this part of the podcast yes. um, by saying... Um, 
The reason why we talked about it more than we already give a trigger warning. I'm already gonna give a trigger warning outside of it because no point of giving a trigger warning without a timestamp. Um, but um, so uh, what am I? How am I start this? Okay, so recently a I mean I don't want to say he's not that well known, but a well known <laughs> and allegedly <laughs> and a well known photographer. We're not allowed legends in this part of the podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, a well-known photographer um, in Chicago, because we are in Chicago. If you didn't know that, like, just something about that. You could be listening to this podcast and not knowing where we're from. We, just, we only ever said our street. <laughs> like, you know what? That's so <laughs> true. I don't know. I just assumed that you would know, like, 79th. Oh, oh I'm going to say the other street. But 79th, that's Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's that urban. <laughs> yes. But... Yeah, so in Chicago, this photographer um, has been assaulting and sexually assaulting women if the underage and, and underage and of age people. Um, granted, it's getting more traction because they're underage people because we don't really care about of age women, right? Um, but we're going to get into that. But one thing I do want to talk about, um, the reason why I definitely, it sparked in my mind is because like you said before about curating spaces for your internet pro- internet profiles and shit like that or um, in your regular life and they're like well you know you can't curate all your spaces and you should have some negativity in there understanding balance and shit like yeah. that and I was like well when it comes to people who are predators because this man is a predator Dan- Danny Stewart so if you ever he ever reaches out to you to work with please don't for your own personal safety and that of others um, do not support abusers and do not have a space and worry about working with him. You're essentially saying it's okay to work with him, um, even when it's shown that it's literally not. Um, but by, because recently I'm on this way to cancel the nigga, period, dismantle his whole fucking capitalistic future. Um, but when we have things like, you know, you're saying like, well, you know, curate your space, don't curate your space to only fit woke. And yeah. like people and stuff like that and it's like well i'm all about cancel culture personally but i definitely don't think it works often because you have stuff like that people take that rhetoric and take it to people who are sexual abusers and be like well you know we can't just cancel him he's a black man that's worthy of life and shit like this that is definitely a conversation we've had i've gone to events no no, no i want to jump on something really fast yeah when I say I'm canceling someone, that means I'm not supporting. I'm not buying into whatever it is your service or your product is. It doesn't mean that I want you to die. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people take it to the extreme. They're like, oh, you're saying you're canceling someone, and that means that we're going to show up to his house with pitchforks and, and fire mm-hmm. and light this nigga on fire. And I'm sure they're, I'm sure all his survivors probably feel that way. And bitch, more power to you. Mm-hmm. Go do that shit. But me, regular citizen, I just don't have to follow you. I don't have to support your work. I don't have to, you know, recommend you for jobs. I don't have to be like, oh, you know, this person does blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't have to do that. I cannot buy into that. It's kind of like when Khaled was like, oh, if y'all don't like what I'm saying, I'm not Khaled. Who was it? Daniel Caesar. Oh, I'm so sorry, Khaled. I love your music. I was just sitting on my head. That's why you came first. Uh, Daniel Caesar was like, cancel me. I was like, say less, nigga. <laughs> Undownload all your shit. I'm just like, well, the space that he has, he needs people to follow him in order to be successful because that's the way he curated his photography career. Um, not because that's how you can be successful as a photographer. Don't take that as the idea I'm selling. I'm saying the way he's created his career is through popular people 
vouching for him. Yeah. And like, I'm saying I want those popular people, people who have paid him and gotten to him where he is, to publicly say I did not fuck with the man. And there was a tweet on there on Instagram. Granted, that person also supports him, so invalid already. Um, but he was, oh, and that's a tweet on Instagram, tweet on Twitter. Um, and he was talking about this dude, this random dude, was talking about how like just because I this I stopped fucking with this dude doesn't mean I have to make a public stance that I'm not fucking with somebody. And I understand that for your personal friendships, and you like, well, I don't really like Bobo no more because you know he's still my side. But when it comes to abusers and you don't fuck with him specifically because he's raping people, then I think motherfuckers need to make that a public statement. And I'm like, just not to be like, oh, if it's already publicized that this person is a rapist. And then to go out and be like, I don't fuck with him. And I have continuously fucked with him. I have been giving him money. I've given him space. I do not no longer fuck with this man. Versus silence. Yeah. I don't, I think you should be public about that shit because you have the space that created this man. Yeah. You, like, helped him be who he is. You have enabled him thus far, regardless if you knew you were supporting the abuser or not. It's like, that's something you have to hold yourself accountable for. They're like, I didn't know this was happening, but now that I do, I'm going to say, I do not fuck with him. I don't know. I think that's how we should go. Um, we were talking about this a little bit last night, and I feel like the that sentiment carries over not just with you know, people with cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, it pains me to call it, so it's okay, cloud, but whatever. Um, he has like 14,000 followers. Granted, he deleted all his accounts, so we don't even pay my guy anymore. <laughs> whatever. But um, I, I was just talking to Izzy about this last night, and I was like, I have been, you know, out with niggas or whatever, and like somebody will, like, Somebody like you know, I would have a nigga. A, this is like a man where we come like, oh, you know, don't don't fuck with Shorty. He he be on some weird shit, or he be like, oh, he be putting like, well, whisper that to me and like tell me not to fuck with this person. But you have brought me to a space with this person. You are still allowing, the, or like you have allowed this person into your space or whatever, and you don't mind whispering it to me on the low, like, oh yeah, he be he be on that weird shit. He be on that rape shit. <laughs> But you don't want to, you know, but for whatever reason, forever group think men need to stick together, specifically with black men, because that's the men that I know best, yeah. are like, oh, I'm going to protect this person. It's like, as soon as you tell me this nigga is weird and a rapist, like, bitch, so he a rapist? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs to know. Yeah. Like, why the fuck are you just... already know. I'm like, so why, so why is he here? here? And I think we talked about something like this a lot of podcasts ago. We was talking about how um, motherfuckers be inviting the rapist to the cookout. Yeah. And being like, you know, can I invite your, motherfuckers like, can I invite your uh, abuser to this cookout? I mean, or letting you know, hey, Uncle Tom's going to be there. I'm just letting you know beforehand to like, don't make a scene or anything. He's like, he's seeking help, you know. I, but you well, know like, like, be safe. I feel like, like a lot of the times, it's the, the seeking help part doesn't even come in, though. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, they're just going to be there. Just, you know, just don't let your kids sit on his lap and like, why are you like and i don't it's like there's this loyalty and it's like this extreme loyalty to abusers and then this extreme distrust to survivors yeah. whereas like unless a nigga unless we've seen this person violently rape you and even in those cases because we've seen r kelly rape 
you know, girls on camera. They're like, you know, I think they found like over a hundred more tapes of him raping young women, underage women on camera. And niggas still be like, but I believe I can fly his so hard when I'm down. And that's what the same shit people are going with the dudes. They're like, oh my God, his pride is so real. Like all that talent to the waist. Oh my God. Okay, but, okay, but this is the thing. I detest R. Kelly. That nigga could burn in hell for all of eternity and I would bake a cake. Yeah. <laughs> However, the man got talent. He can write you a bop. Him having talent does not dismiss that. Like, it doesn't dismiss him being a rapist. Monkey fucking Bill Cosby. Again, great comedian. I have seen lots of his stand-up before I realized that he was abuser. Doesn't take a fact, take away the fact that he's an abuser. And there's like this mentality that people have, like talented people. And this, I feel like it's part of capitalism. We tell people that people with clout, people with money, elitism. people with yeah, and elitism, people who reach a certain amount of status mm. can't be also horrible fucking people. And it's like those two things usually overlap because the systems that have elevated you where you have this status mm. now protect you. Mm-hmm. And it now tells you that, especially if, because Danny Stewart's victims are black women and black um, non-binary individuals. So obviously we don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> You're like that's why R. Kelly was able to get away with it for so long. Yeah. You abusing black women? Who gives a fuck? Garskin was at that. Like I know, right? They was like, we, we, we super duper don't give a fuck. Yeah, like just, I'm, it's some really fucked up shit. But I heard somebody be like, well, most people don't fuck Garskin women anyway, so I guess they got some. And I was like, this is a part of Twitter I cannot be in. Let me go. Let me yeah. go. I'm all about like, you know, keeping your spaces balanced, but <laughs> some that. some people you gotta like, oh, oh no. Hell to the no. To the no, 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 no. Um, and I also would like to point out I heart Erica, that's her Instagram. Her name is just Erica. Mm-hmm. Um she made a really good point on her okay. story. Mm-hmm. Yes, what okay. Uh, she made a really good point on her story a while back. It's like some months ago. And she was like, the purpose of cancel culture is first to educate. Mm-hmm. And it's one to educate everybody else on how the fuck you're fucking up. And, and so you shouldn't do this. And also to educate the person that we're canceling. That this these are the things that you did. Mm-hmm. And you should not do these things for these reasons because they hurt these people. Now, I feel like. A person who makes a, a, a fuck up when they're saying something that's like inherently negative or abusive or violent to marginalized people or to people in general, that's a little different. Like, okay, then let me, we can, these are the avenues you can go to educate yourself. If you are actively abusing people, mm-hmm. I don't really give a fuck about educating you. You can do that on your own time. Because yes. I'm almost certain that you knew that the, what you were doing was wrong. And we're going to get to his non-apology, apolo- mm-hmm. not even apology. His, um, I'm gonna save my ass yes. and not yeah. really save my it's ass. Gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> this one isn't talking about me too much. I didn't know this was gonna viral. Wait a minute. And it's not even viral. That's the fucking annoying part because most people are seeing this and just like not sharing it onto their page because it's great for you, great your space. You don't want maybe this, you know, trigger warnings. But we offer trigger warnings. So somebody is like actually going to submit before they even click on the shit. They know what they're getting into. Because I want people to have that space to not to be safe. Yeah. Like literally, I just want my fuckers to be safe. And so, like, I just feel like post it on your fucking page, bro. Like, and I'm glad this um girl did it though. Like on Twitter, she reshared it. She was like, I don't really know how to hold this man accountable, but I do know this is wrong, and I do know I don't support it. And I was like, thank you. 
Um, and like those are his friends, you know, yeah. like who were his friends, like just like are now stepping back, like whoa. And I think there is something to talk about there because it's like, bro, if you know about the Leopold and Loeb case, mm-hmm. like those are those are the definition of this instance because it's white men being like, I am white, rich, and able bodied. How they will not believe that I can do this. Yeah. There was, they, but since they killed somebody, <laughs> like yeah, Luke, a mute force trauma killed the motherfucker. This there was just a, another case in like 2016, and like there was again, this is with a white guy though. It was a young white guy, blonde. He literally was on the phone with his mother and said, "I am 16, blonde, blue-eyed white guy. They are not gonna or uh, put me in jail for life for murdering, like murdering, like brute force trauma again, beating a 23 year month." Three month old, not three year old, a twenty three month old to death, and part of the reason that again it is it is because people reach these certain statuses in life that it's like oh like that's why Bill Cosby thought he was gonna get away with it forever. That's why R. Kelly this this nigga was arrested, made bail, and then showed up at a McDonald's again with teenage girls because. One, it is obviously a compulsion, but two, because you just think you are fucking bulletproof to keep tapes and shit and like to keep people's, it's like you are R. Kelly. You literally could find, you know, an up, like you can get an 18 year old whose parents are not looking for them and have them in your sex dungeon equally fucked up, but nobody would be looking for these girls. You chose girls whose parents are looking for them to hold them to like have your own little egotistical bullshit. Yeah. like, and the reason, like, and also, I would give somebody, and the reason why I'm so upset about this whole situation is because, one, my, like, anger and frustration and disappointment is laced in that, like I said, I'm also similar to those people being like, this nigga was talented. Yeah. This nigga is somebody I asked to be a fucking intern for. Like, this is somebody that... I thought was a valuable nigga. Mm-hmm. This nigga is trash. And it's like very much like it's disheartening as fuck to like realize this. But I also realize trust women. At the base of my shit, I know at no point did I say, did he not do it? When I've read the first story, I knew that nigga, like, I mean, niggas, anybody's possible of doing anything. I'm sorry. Anybody is capable of doing anything. And once you realize that, you not, it's no longer the, I mean, but he's talented, so he couldn't have. It's like once you realize that motherfuckers are just, you know, capable of doing anything at, at all. Yeah. None of the shit will become surprising. It just becomes sad. We were, um, yesterday, last night, we were kind of talking about other successful people. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's easy for us to cancel a Bill Cosby. It's easy for us to cancel R. Kelly because they're, he, Bill Cosby is like fucking 89 or yeah. some crazy shit. And, you know, R. Kelly hasn't had a hit since like, the early 2010s, mm-hmm. niggas not checking for his music the same way. He doesn't have the clout. Yeah. And so, yeah, like there are plenty of aunties and grandmas who are like, but 12 plays my shit. Mm-hmm. But the the young people, the people who are leading popular culture are pretty much done with him. Yeah. And so us canceling him is like, well, that nigga canceled. It's whatever. But it should not take until someone's uh, loss. It just shouldn't take a person's loss of power to want to cancel them for doing fucked up shit. We knew as early as motherfucking with the 90s when this nigga was writing songs for Aaliyah talking about AJ nothing of a number and then marrying her at 17 that he was a fucking pedophile, that he was a predator. We knew that 
But niggas, you know, like, but getting freaky in the club is my jam. And we are willing to sidestep that. And I see it happening, not just in this case with Danny Stewart, but we somebody, we're, we don't have to get into all the semantics of that. But like with, with Drake, Ooh. This is somebody like, why the fuck are you tra- you texting the Stranger Things Throwing shit? the fucking out of this girl. And, I mean, we talked about this before, and it's like, the re- half of her, we might have talked about this yeah. on podcast, or maybe on it. But it's like, granted, I don't have any proof that he is grooming this girl, but I think it's very strange that a grown-ass man is texting a 14-year-old girl and talking about her relationships. And trying to, like, well, we just friends. And like she's saying that, and like I'm sure at 14, if, gee, if, at 14, Drake, if Aubrey Graham was texting me at 14, bitch, I would be through the fucking yeah, room. High the grass. Yes. Oh my hey! god. I'm like, oh, nigga, I get you out that wheelchair. Um, I would obviously be like through the fucking moon, and that's exactly how R. Kelly was able to do it. That's Ooh. how Bill Cosby was able to do it. That's how Roger Ailes and all these other abusers were. They're like, hey, look at me. I am this person of power. You want to be on TV? You want to sing? You want to rap? You want to, you know, be an actor or whatever? I can get you that. Mm. And that is how they are able to, one, stay with a fresh power of, so, you know, uh, for lack of a better word in this situation, say victims. I detest that word, but, you know, uh, I can't think of nothing, something else to say in this case. But, you know, that's how you stay with new victims all the time. And that's how you are able to cover your ass because people are like, but nice for what is such a bop? I'm not going to cancel him. Fucking Cardi B came out and said that she drugs niggas and then, you know, has pays trans women to have sex with them as a form of punishment because just layers of fucked upness in that. Um, unbeknownst to these men, which is rape, and people are like, but she said she's sorry. And it's like, you don't get to just abuse people and rape people and say sorry and that you be are it. sorry. You've been a whole lot about and you've laughed and, and, and you're like, oh, y'all will keep wanting to bring out my old shit. And it's like, but you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you said you do. Right. And and us holding you accountable and saying that that's fucked up is not nobody like praying for your downfall and all the other bullshit that people want to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, not gonna lie, I am praying for your downfall because you are an abuser. You have shown that when you get power, this is what you do. And what I feel like people really do have this idea that people who have there's this idea that oh you are a person with money you are a person with clout you're a person with a disability mm-hmm. so you shouldn't have to rape mm-hmm. but that that means the people who are saying that have a fundal a fundamental misunderstanding on why people rape it mm-hmm. is not a, just about the sexual thrill it is about control it's about forcing your will on someone else and taking away their autonomy. And so it doesn't have to be, oh, I could just, like, yeah, I'm sure that if R. Kelly was a well-addressed human being, he could have anybody in the world that is of age. Mm-hmm. There is a reason he wants to rape 14-year-olds. And the same thing for this Danny Stewart person. There's a reason why you are getting women drunk. There's mm-hmm. a reason why you are, you know, trapping women under the guise of photo shoots to give you, you know, oral sex or whatever else that you are doing. This is this is about control. This is about you forcing your will on someone else. It is not about like, oh, I can fuck anybody. Why would I do that to you? Like, literally, Trump said the same thing. Y'all was like, this nigga walling. And it's easy to say, like, because, you know, Trump is like this very extreme version of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And so it's easier for us to, like, look at that and be like, man, that nigga walling. But it's like, but your homeboy walling, too, and you never say anything about yeah. it. And 
that's my real problem with this issue is similar to what Izzy was saying. There are too many people who are around this man who will be like, yeah, I just want to let him around my daughter. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of shit. But will not publicly state that, yo, this nigga is a fucking predator. This nigga is a fucking rapist. Do not shoot with him. Do not support him. People, you know, brands pull out of his shit. Yeah. Stop. Give, don't give him the means to continue to do this predatory shit. Mm-hmm. And I felt that in my minor experience with just like modeling in like the creative world, I I see how it happens because these are very like niche spaces mm-hmm. and that there are, you know, there aren't, there are lots of people doing photography, but there are very few people who do have a little bit of clout, a little bit of notoriety mm-hmm. who can like say that, oh, I've worked with this person. I've worked with this brand. And that does in turn make people like, oh, I, like you said, oh, I see you doing good. I see you doing decent work. I see you doing big things. I want to be associated with this next is going to bring me up. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like I said, this is a, like, it's a perpetuating cycle because you have this clout, I'm willing to work under you. And there are people who are not only willing to work under you, but they're willing to sidestep and enable your toxic behavior, your predatory behavior. The same way R. Kelly has the full team still. Yeah. Like not, he got a homie who's still sticking with him. He has the full team by his motherfucking side. But there's like just, uh, we, we never talked about the, um, Epstein guy. He was a part of a sex trafficking ring and he was a horrible predator, committed suicide. People got their tinfoil hats on about what brother he did or didn't blah, blah, blah. But part of the reason that he was able to do it so long is because it wasn't just him. It wasn't just R. Kelly who was out here raping underage girls. He had a team of people who are not who are finding girls for him. It got to the yes. point where he didn't have to show up at Kenwood and pick people out. There were other people who were doing that because they also were abusers. Yeah. And I, I think that's another one of those things where I've met plenty. Like I said, I've had been in so many times, way more than I can fucking count, where a nigga be like, oh, don't fuck with Shorty. He be on some weird shit. But like, we'll still dap it up with this man, be cool as hell. And then in turn, maybe you're not like out here drugging women, but you you fucked a 16 year old before. You've raped a 16 year old before, like, actually. I want to know how old she was. And like, the, nah, nigga. And it's because that person now knows still that. You're wrong. It's like, oh, well, this person knows that I have also been in the wrong, or I've, hence, I've raped someone who was too drunk to consent. I have been somewhere like if there's this it's like if I know that you it's kind of like oh I know you broke a law and you know I broke a law and so if you tell on me I tell on you and if I tell on you you tell on me kind of thing and it's like well we have to protect each other now one thing I do want to say there's also this um music artist who's also a predator named Mike Chisholm um, that's his Instagram name. That's his like, you know, artist name and all that shit. But his name is Mike. I've known him since high school. I didn't. I've never like known the man, mm-hmm. but I knew the, the people he was hanging out with, the people who were making his beats. I was high school, mm-hmm. and I thought the whole squad was creepy from the get go because it's a squad of white chicks, more probably. <laughs> automatically a little like oh yeah <laughs> and like they and it was weird because like they didn't try to assimilate to his like culture and aesthetic of being a black person mm-hmm. but they definitely like hopped on his bandwagon from his success mm-hmm. um and then from his success he was around more women um because that's the idea he wants to portray and shit like that and through that has abused women and has raped women has drugged women had sex with them and they're like 
oh, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I, we both were high. Like, we both did acid. Like, not that you didn't do acid. You were drinking. She drugged her. And then you had sex with her. But. We raped her. And then we raped her. Yeah, excuse me. Um, but. I always knew this man was creepy, and I always never fucked their squad after affiliating with him. And I don't, I didn't never knew why, but it's like very much, you know, when you do something, yeah. you don't realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But you're just like, hmm, something looks weird about this. Cause they didn't start fucking with each other like sophomore, like late sophomore year. And once that started happening, I would just never spoke to them after that. <laughs> and like, I mean, granted, I would spoke to like one of the students, whatever, and be like, you know, what's up? Cause he seemed like very much like that friend, like, don't talk to that dude. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm still gonna hang out with the squad because I need friendship type yeah. shit. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I need the access. Yeah. And he was the strongest person out of the group. Mm. So there was that. His whole internal battle. But Danny Stewart, the rapist, um, fellow rapist, is also um fr- was also friends with him after high school and shit. Mm-hmm. My was a link up and I thought that shit was weird. And like, and it's, it's so fucked up. And I just want it's another trash can, I guess. Yeah. But over time, then he also got put out last year of being like a rapist. Mm-hmm. And then I posted that story, my story. And then my friends also told me their stories. And they're like, oh, yeah, that happened to me um, as well. And I just didn't say anything because he had a cloud. Mm-hmm. And so um, it didn't cross my mind to think about why Danny was still friends. And like aggressive, it did cross my mind. And I think that's the trash thing to think of like something I want to assess in my own self. And then like, okay, so why did I then after still support the nigga? Still didn't say, mm, this is kind of weird that y'all friends with each other. Um, and I think it had something to do with the fact that I did not fully believe some of Mike's stories. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an underline of not of believing that can be placed in that. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a problem internally with that and it's like I don't know why but I didn't believe I believe 100% all of Danny's stories but for some reason I didn't believe all of Mike's stories and I don't know if that's because it wasn't as publicized mm-hmm. and it was definitely one of those underground we don't fuck with this nigga type things a couple people posted about it but the heat waves that's happened towards Danny um, didn't happen towards Mike and I think because we didn't have a lot of the victims wanting to tell their stories publicly yeah and so there's like of like oh well I guess I can't do anything here. If I felt like and I'm like that's something that really needs to be assessed because like okay yeah you can't still talk to him. Don't fuck with the man. Yeah. And like you post me your story and you're like I don't fuck with this man because he's a pedophile and he because he did fuck up underage girls as well. And he's a rapist. Um, and posting your story and like but not such as the heat wave that I posted as Danny I yeah. think. There's something around me feeling tricked underlining on reason of like posting him and feeling like also a lot of resentment towards myself for not having had the same energy towards Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of times, I'm pretty sure no one, no one before really said this to me, but um, when I had, I DM some people who I thought were following him, I was like, I don't know if you know, and this is happening. And some people were just like, okay, you know, thanks for letting me know. And then, like, some people are like, oh, what's, what's the story? Because I didn't, like, give them all the screenshots. I yeah. just told them, people are, this nigga's abuser, rapist, and pedophile for Danny. And then, like, some people are like, okay, what's the full story? Like, And, and then, yeah. like, um, and I was sending those screenshots and stuff like that. And, no, no. Um, but, yeah, so, like, it, it just, 
I posted the whole mic thing on my story when it first happened, when it first came out, that I was the first person who, like, said something about it. And, like, I didn't do any digging, but mm-hmm. the fact that people came, more people came to me and told me stories about, like, some of their friends and hanging out with them, because he is a person of clout. Yeah. And I believe the stories that were told to me, but for a reason I didn't believe or didn't, I was like, well, there's no, I felt there was no proof here for the stories that I originally had saw. Yeah. And like, even though in my head, I'm like, I know this nigga creepy, I know this nigga a fucking rapist and a pedophile. Um, and I knew that, but I do really want to like assess why I did not believe those specific stories. Um, there is this fantastic line in SVU where they have like a new detective who comes on and there was like this, basically the case that they were working on is some teenage girl uh, was raped. Mm-hmm. Turns out she was raped by her uncle who's a dentist. He put her under and he like, he, like he, while he was working on her and raped her. And she, because she was high, because he drugged her to rape her while he was doing whatever orthodontist work, she left the dentist, went to her friend's house, got drunk, which is a lot, that's completely normal for rape survivors to do something destructive afterwards. She got drunk and then she goes to this coffee shop and she's like in the bathroom kind of freaking out like, oh my God, and like, you know, just kind of reeling with the fact that this is a thing that happens to her. There's a, uh, a cashier who goes, like she's in the bathroom and people are waiting. So he like knocks on the door and is like, hey, you have to come out of there. And then he knocks again and is like, hey, I'm going to come in. Not only he goes in, he leaves the door open, like, you know, a practice niche because he wasn't sure if she was, you know, dressed or whatever. And he's, like, telling her, like, oh, you have to get out the bathroom. This man never touched her. But she leaves out and, like, is, like, yelling, oh, you raped me, you raped me, to the, the guy who's just the cashier. Police show up and they are, they, they arrest the guy immediately and they are, like, she's, like, talking about what happened to her. So she's describing the rape, but it's obviously not this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The new detective is like 16 year old girl had sex didn't want her parents to know so she cries rape is what he says and then like obviously olivia benson's not having that kind of shit <laughs> and she was like no this is she was like we believe victims and so we believe survivors i don't like the language we use on that show but we believe survivors until we have a reason not to and i was like clearly something happened to this girl clearly she was drugged clearly she's drunk and but we need to get to what happened to her and he was like, but you know, I just, he was like, but you know, that's something that people do. And he was like, and then like she goes on to say, she was like, not only do not a lot of people do it, he was like, but when you say things like that, it inherently makes victims not want to come forward. She was like, how often do, does a person who gets their car snatched, like, so are you sure you didn't want your car to be snatched from you? Mm-hmm. And like, that's literally the kind of questioning up until maybe 20 years ago, you were allowed to ask rape survivors. Like, so how much did you drink? Are you sure you didn't like the boy? Are you sure you don't want this? Did you give him, like? Do you want me to say yes? Like, it's like, did you fun. did you give him any inclination that he, you might have wanted sex? Like, were you playing hard to get or something? And we have that so embedded in us to the point where even when people, there are people who are like, "Fuck R. Kelly, cancel that nigga," but they're like, but then they'll also say, "Well, those girls' parents set them up for this." They like, they like, we need to like walk the parents. As a well to like gaslight and derail the conversation about R. Kelly. And it's like, yes, the parents are equally trash. If you were like selling your daughter into servitude to fucking R. Kelly, yes, go the fuck to jail. However, R. Kelly is the person who is raping these girls. Mm-hmm. And I say all of it to say that 
uh, victim blaming is like one of those things that's so deeply embedded in us and mm-hmm. so deeply embedded into the culture. And obviously misogyny is too. So we're like, oh, you don't trust women. Women are sneaky. They'll say they they'll say no, but mean yes. You just have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And we have so much of that that's just like within our society that when you have like first of all that makes it three million percent harder as a survivor to come up and say, hey, this mm-hmm. thing happened to me. Especially when you're saying this is something that happened to me to someone who has clout or who has, you know, some type of prestige. Because automatically, first of all, this person is protected by their prestige. And then who are you? And why would they rape? Again, it goes to say, so why would they rape you? You sure you didn't want it? Why did you go to this person's house? You said you wanted to shoot with him. Obviously, if he was shooting you nude or, you know, you was taking pictures of your underwear, then what what did you expect? It, it is rape. It's rape. And part of the reason why I feel like that culture won't be dismantled is because the people who hold, like we said, there are, every, there are lots of people doing photography, but there are not that many people who are, you know, creating, you know, some type of clout for themselves through it. Yeah. And it's like similar to the music industry. It's why R. Kelly was like, well, I'm fucking R. Kelly. Or it's like, while well, Bill Cosby was like, I'm Bill Cosby. There's a reason why these people were I'm big. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was different. He was talking about his race. <laughs> but there's a reason why people who do have those points of power are able to do it because we assume that their power gives them access to whatever they want. So why would they have to take? Mm-hmm. But white people have whatever they want. They forever taking shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I, you know, not trying to compare rape to racism and all of that, but it's, it's so, it, it, people, what, people just have a, fundamental misunderstanding with rape and why does it happen and even in the case because we still haven't gotten to his explanation but um even his explanation of like oh no they tricked me into into thinking that they were uh, of age or whatever the fuck and it's like nigga first of all you're not helping yourself with whatever this statement is supposed to be (laughs) second um you saying that you didn't know the person that you raped was 14 doesn't change the fact that you raped a 14 year old. Yes. Uh, but we finna get into his statement, so I'm gonna let Izzy take it. So, this photographer made a, I think, believe like eight to 10 tweet thread on Twitter about how he started off essentially being like, um, my ex. I was like, had some, like, we had issues with each other, and I wanted to give them space to uh, vent out, essentially. Mm. And then, like, you know, but this has gotten too far. I don't know who any of these, like, all these stories are coming from, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, I'm gonna give y'all the explanations for it. And he, he was like, he gave, quote unquote, two explanations as to why he raped an underage girl. Um, and then how uh, how he didn't have sex with specific this one girl because he's like, well, I didn't have sex with her. I was just checking up on her. Um, like it was during Lollapalooza or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was just checking up on her because she said she was drunk. And I was just trying to see how she was. And like gave out all these text message threads um, of being like, oh, uh, you know, like I was just this is showing her. I was acting her why she was like how she was doing because she was drunk. And then when she's saying like, yeah, I'm I'm drunk right now, but blah, 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 he said, oh, I wish I was there. 
And like, and granted, like the space, like motherfucker, you are incriminating yourself fully and hundred percent. It's one you're also talking about like drinking with the underage girl. You're talking about like all these things that are legal. Yeah, you are incriminating yourself. Um, but also, I'm really glad you put it out there because it also gives us <laughs> great understanding. Um, and all that's evidence if you want to get to this point. <laughs> I can scratch up. But so he then after goes and talks about how I'm just gonna read one of his tweets and this is like the tweet that really like popped off and was like this motherfucker is so he goes consent has always been important to me even just for safety's sake I literally have voice recordings dating back to 2017 of me making sure consent is there and people are aware of what's going on so that is like one let's unpack this shit so one, you are recording people probably without to consent, so therefore consent is not important to you. Um, dating back to 2017, so you have evidence of fucking all these underage girls, so thank you for your evidence, sir. Please hand that over. Um, and then also, it's like you, again, you're recording people without their consent, nine times out of ten, to think that now you have consent throughout this whole interaction, when yeah. no, bro, if they consented in the beginning, does not mean they continue to consent throughout that happening. And one, they are underage, so they cannot consent. How do you not understand that? Yeah, um, I remember when the Bill Cosby shit was first popping off. You know, Bill Cosby was a lot of y'all pseudo dads because he never came home from buying a pack of cigarettes. Get over it. Um, but people were like, oh, so now you need to like get it in writing that you know a girl. Because it's like, first of all. No one can sign away their consent. No one can even speak away. I can say, yes, I'm okay with this at 8.53 and change my mind at 8.55. And it is your job to fucking stop. If I say no or if I hesitate, like, again, we, toxic masculinity is just the fucking worst because we literally teach as young as little boys that no just means not now. Mm-hmm. And it means you should keep trying. And that's not what it fucking means. And even if you get a yes, she is allowed, they are allowed, people are allowed, period, to say no after they've told you yes. You can be balls deep in a pussy 10 seconds away from coming. And if the person you're having sex with, and in this case, you shouldn't be having sex with them anyway because you're not having sex. You're raping underage people. But let's remove the underage thing for, you know, because not all of your victims, were, I mean, all your survivors were not uh, underage. Mm-hmm. But you can be two seconds away from coming. And if the, she says, stop, pull out, that is your job to fucking do that. Like, you cannot, there's no way that you can sign away or speak away your fucking consent. Mm-hmm. And then another tweet was like, um, it's hard to dispute every claim without knowing who, cla- who the claimant is. However, assaulting women is something that I detest and would never do. And this is something that really sparked my um, interest is because he must have a very wrong definition of what assaulting women is. And I think a lot of people, and I think a lot of people have the wrong definition of what assaulting women is. Assaulting women is not getting a brick and banging her shit in. It's not fucking, and then having sex with her. Assaulting women is, sexual assault is having sex with somebody unconsensually, period. Like, whether that's aggressive, whether that's, just like, manipulative, whether that's you conditionalize the sexual encounter, no matter what, it's assaulting women. And the fact that he's like, I never did that, I detest that. You detest yourself then, because you are an, you are an abuser. You all have assaulted women. There are, I find it 
it interesting that he's I don't find it interesting that he says that. I find it um very confirming mm-hmm. because there are lots of sexual predators, specifically ones who prey on children, who do not believe that they are hurting children. They are showing love to them. I'm loving these children. And it's like, no, you are completely assaulting and traumatizing them. That is what you are doing. But whatever is in their head doesn't see it that way. They truly do believe that they are like not doing that. And I think that also there are a lot of people out here who also believe that, oh, if you are not screaming, crying, kicking, clawing your way away from this person, how could they be assaulting you? And first of all, there's fight or flight. There are some people who do do that when they're assaulted. They kick, scream, yell, blah, 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 blah. And then there are other people who just fucking freeze because you don't know how you're going to react. Somebody is completely violating you, especially in most of these cases, well, not most of these cases, but a lot of them that I've seen so far is that you're getting these people drunk. Mm-hmm. so you are one inebriating them so I have less will to fight if that's something that I would do mm-hmm. and I mean it goes back to like the like ha- like I posted something on my story again follow me posted something <laughs> on my story a while back and it was like saying that you know abusers groom allies just as well as they groom uh, their survivors yeah. and part of the reason and, like, and I think that's so important because there's so many people who are still like you said still, still supporting this person publicly or like haven't unfollowed or haven't come out and said that this is fucked up or anything like that and part of the reason why is that they don't think that this is rape like well you came to somebody's house and you got drunk so obviously you know what's to come next is sex whether you want it or not and it's largely because maybe they've done that too or maybe again toxic masculinity telling you that you take what's yours and just there's so many levels of fucked upness that goes around these stories of um, of chronic abusers who are doing it like kind of like on a a macro scale, mm-hmm. and you and I think the, most of the support that they usually get is from people who are doing it on a micro scale, mm-hmm. where like oh well I'm not drugging women per se, but like lots of my sexual encounters have been with drunk women, so if I'm have to if I have to come out and speak against this person that means that it also opens up the door for women to say but you fucked me when I was drunk and didn't get out of my mind and I didn't want that so you raped me too and you don't want that you don't want you don't want your victims to speak up yeah I think there's a lot of culture around um say the definition of what sexual assault is and also what drinking is yeah a lot of people have this idea that I'm not drunk and, like, a lot of times you hear that, a lot of times I've said that, like, I'm not drunk, you know, ha, 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 ha. But I, bitch, I'm not out here trying to have sex with nobody. Yeah. I'm not, because I'm, that's not what I want. So yeah. if you had sex with me, bitch, I didn't want that shit. And, like, and then you have um, all these different fucked up definitions. And then what do you think? Oh, I'm drunk, so now I can consent to have sex with this person. And, like, all this stuff like that. And granted, if you are inebriated and um, you are drunk to the point of, I don't know. I think it's definitely a idea of so. What? How drunk can I be to say I had consensual sex with somebody? Uh, my rule of thumb is this. My my rule of thumb is this because I've had sex where I was drunk and yeah. it was like it was consensual, but I have never had drunk sex with a new partner. Yeah. I've, like so, like a new partner, like. I like I've been drunk around niggas that I've wanted to fuck, and but this would have been a new person, and because I don't want to blur the lines in between what it is and is isn't acceptable, I won't initiate sex with that person. Mm-hmm. 
And if they try to initiate it with me, I usually pull back. Um, I also, I have been like blackout drunk um, before and like been in company with somebody I have had sex with before and we started to have sex. And then like I must have fell asleep in the middle and he was like, yeah, you fell asleep on me. So I just stopped. And I was like, okay, good rule of thumb. If the person is not conscious that they cannot speak back to you, probably should not be yeah. trying to have sex. Yeah. Um, I consent is like, the thing with consent is that there is no hard yes or no on what it is. Like, there's a hard no on what it is not. I mean, a hard yes on what it is not. But on what a yes is, that that is different for different people and it's different for different circumstances. I know people who can be equally blackout drunk and fuck and be like, oh, yeah, we just had drunk sloppy sex that night. And there are other people who do not feel that way. I also think it's about it's similar to reality. You hold yourself accountable. Yeah. So if you did have sex with somebody who was drunk and you were also drunk and then that person wakes up the next day like, I wasn't fucking with that. Um, then you should hold yourself accountable and be like, hey, my fault. You know, like, I do understand how that can be wrong. I think the problem is that a lot of people refuse to understand. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, you wanted it. And so then you kind of create my story for me rather than be like, I am a person who is capable of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you did, I guess you did, you weren't cool with having sex with me. And I understand that. And I am apologetic for that interaction having had happened, regardless if I felt the sex was good or not. Like, like, and it shouldn't be then after be like, okay, so you want to try it again when you were sober? I think the culture around, like we said before, I was like, actually, one time, like, how do you date cis men and think, like, want to have a future with them? And you were like, well, if they say some foul shit, it's how they react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, how they like I say some foul shit, how I correct them and then how they react to it. How to react to the cor- correction. Yeah. And like and I think that's definitely how to go about a lot of this. Yeah. It's like if I am going, okay, I'm going to a party and I like, you know, I see somebody, I'm like, ooh, I've been liking you for a minute. I'm getting all this liquid courage, let's go and fuck it up. And then I get to my crib and I'm like, I don't even want to fuck him anymore. And then we end up still having sex. And, but, like, because I'm like, well, he's already here, and, you know, like, ha, uh, you know, that that ease into sex, that manipulated yeah. way into sex, he's like, man, you might as well just go ahead and suck my tip, and I'm like, I'm already here, and he's like, uh, I don't want to, okay, and then you go, and it's like, that is not really consensual no. sex. But I feel like part of the thing is that there's, like I said, we don't teach, we don't teach people this period, because mm. I don't, I don't. I think it's more evident in men. I think women are more receptive of no because we're used to hearing it. Men are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, if you hear no, then you keep working until you hear a yes. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying like, oh, I don't, like, niggas hear hesitation and like, oh, she's weak, let me try again. Yeah. And it's like, what you should hear is hesitation, so let me stop. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, that's something that we just don't teach this. We don't teach it to children. We don't teach it to little boys. There was this thing on Tumblr, and it was like, oh, you know, my brother came home, and he told me that he told this girl that he, she, he told some girl that he liked her, and she was like, she wasn't interested, and she was like, oh, well, you know what you do now, and he's like, yeah, I gotta try again, she was like, no, you don't, you leave that girl alone, and you move on with your life, you are gonna be turned down sometimes, but that's okay, and she goes on to say, like, oh, like, this, like, the little nigga was, like, completely flabbergasted, like, what? I don't have to, I don't wear her down. I was like, no, you don't do that. You don't, you, again, like you said, you were trying to change someone else's story. Mm-hmm. If they have already told you no, or she's already like, oh, I'm not sure, like, oh, I don't know, then 
you have your answer. No answer is no. Mm. Hesitation is no. No is no. Those things are finite and it. Also, people under the age of 18, it's a hard fucking no because they cannot consent. I don't care how bad, you know. I don't care if you say yes. No. (laughs) There is, like, uh, I don't know. Keep going back to R. Kelly because it's just so easy to show the parallels. Because mm-hmm. so many people, I, that's like my thing. It's like, and I know you said that you were saying this to people. It's like R. Kelly started with someone. He yeah. started somewhere. At some point, he, I mean, there was a point where he didn't rape anybody, and then there was a point where he did. And yeah. it starts with the first person. And people are like, oh, well, you know, this person has so much clout and so much, you know, success and so much talent. And you don't want to like stop them. But it's like part of the way that we stop this cycle is that we stop this person. Yeah. Um, now, before before they get to a point where Rihanna actually thinks they have clout, like, yeah. you gotta, like, <laughs> insert, insert them now. But, like, you gotta start them before it becomes, because they, before they get to 45, before they get to their late 50s. Before they're because, super protected. Like, right yeah. now, this is a, this is a, he got social media clout. Yeah. Like, you know, real photographers, bigger photographers probably don't know who this nigga is. I don't want to wait until, you know, he's at a level where he's doing photo shoots for a fucking Jay-Z or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then you have hundreds of people, people coming forward and saying that, hey, this person has gotten me drunk and raped me. This person has plotted on my little sister who's in eighth grade. This person has done this, 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 and this. And then we're all like, oh my God, we didn't see. Like, no, we saw the signs. We ignored them. And then, like, right now, there's a lot of, like, well, he's only 23. He's allowed to make mistakes. I'm like, no, he is not allowed to take advantage of someone else and then fuck, am I, okay, and then change their story. Because I'm not even going to say you talking about their life because that's also some problematic shit. But to be like, you're changing their life story now. Yeah. This is not your time to, like, this is your time to figure out yourself, but not at the expense of someone else. And I think a lot of people are then like, well, he's, like, so close to their age. So it's like, isn't it okay? No. no. Because that's you have to question, isn't it okay? There's a question mark behind there. The answer is no. And I, the thing is, is that people who are saying things like that, it's, again, so much of R. Kelly shit. There is no one who's saying R. Kelly did not rape those girls. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people giving excuses for why he should be allowed to. And I, that's like, it's very similar. It's like, there is no one saying, I have yet to hear, I mean, I am not plugged into the, the artistic part of Twitter the way you are, but I have yet to see someone say that he hasn't done this. Mm-hmm. It's excuses as to why he should be allowed to and be able to move on from this. Mm-hmm. And that like, and that like, that just goes again to like the the rape culture that we have where it's like, but come on, can't you just let this go? He just raped a couple people. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna continue to fucking do it. I think I keep this is a new thing I'm like starting to say. Just like R. Kelly started somewhere and it was close around okay when he was 23 too yeah and then once he got to now all of a sudden the only reason a lot of people are seeing it as such an atrocity is because he is such such an older person yeah, it's like 50 yeah so like they're like oh why can't why are you still fuck with these little girls bro i thought you was gonna grow out of it and like they predators do not grow out of this shit without a lot of fucking mens- they need years of help years of seeking help through therapy, and then they still fucked up. Like I and I, like, and I hate to say cancel a human being. I'm not saying the nigga needs to die, but they need to be the own super camp of just like <laughs> say it over there because I don't truly think a lot of these people can be helped because they don't desire to be helped. There is uh, 
I love the grapevine. I quote them, quoted them a bunch in season one. But there's this really good line that she had, and they were talking about Bill Cosby. And it was like, you know what? Bill Cosby could fix racism, and the nigga would still be a rapist. Yeah. Danny Stewart could, you know, fix motherfucking misogyny and like dismantle the whole system and dismantle the patriarchy and cut down capitalism and, you know, I don't know, give my mama a million dollars. You know what that nigga still will be? A rapist. I never want to see him pick up. I'm putting that on podcast. <laughs> I'm putting that in the world. I don't care if he understand his ways. He apologized to every victim uh, and the survivor. I, like, I do not care how much what he goes through. Yeah. I do not want to see him successful. And I can say that very honestly and openly. And I understand people are like, well, you're not one of his victims or you're not one of his like people. I mean, yeah, I don't really what's the survivors. You're not one of his like you're not one of his survivors. Um, he's not ab- physically and sexually abused you. So, you know, you don't have the right to say that. But I'm like, nah, fuck that. I feel like that's so that's super selfish. It feels like, why is it that I have to have ex- had experience what other people have experienced? I do not live in the rainforest right now. But the fact that they are forcing indigenous people out of the rainforest is fucked up. And I feel for those people and I want to do something about that. I have not been raped by Danny, but I can I can empathize and sympathize with his survivors and say that like similar to Izzy, nigga, you could go die four times, and I guarantee you, I'm gonna make the most delicious cake when it happens. I don't give a fuck about you. You are nothing and no one to me. I, she can keep saying he got clout. The nigga don't mean shit to me. Don't not don't not important. And if you need to have experienced someone else's pain to give a fuck, that says way more about you and your dedication to protecting abusers than it does about anyone else. One thing I do want to say on the podcast, if you have listened to season one, you listen to the first fucking first two episodes of the season, you will know I have sexually assaulted someone. Um, not to the degree of rape, but still sexual assault is, has varied degrees. Um, and essentially just been like, try to persuade someone to want to have sex with me. And it, it didn't get to sex. Luckily didn't get to rape. Luckily. Um, and from that I have learned, but that is still ingrained in the system that I live in. So therefore it's then ingrained and ingrained in me. And as we can see, it's accepted. Yeah. And it's the same way about being like, you know, all white people are fucking racist. Mm-hmm. And the same way being like, all cis people are fucking um, transphobic. I do not say this because they are actively deciding to be. Yeah. I say because the system that, that we live in, they are upholding that. It and, rewards you for being those things. And I'm saying that I have sexually assaulted someone. That does not go away from learning. Yeah. That does not go away from personal experience on becoming a better person. I have still done that thing. And so it's still in this world. It's still the energy that's been put out. That is still someone else's experience with yes. you. Um, and I, that's, first of all, like I said, in his explanation, there's like no self-accountability. It's like, it's mm-hmm. all these other people's fault that mm-hmm. these things have happened. And how dare you speak out? And even if he came out with some heartfelt as long apology, it still wouldn't, I think that's so important to remember that it still wouldn't change the fact that these are things that you did mm-hmm. and they came from somewhere. It's like similar to what we were just talking about with the holding each other accountable and like why we do the 
trash thing of the week uh segment because me doing fucked up shit and me holding myself accountable does not remove the fact that I've done fucked up shit. The goal is to now hold myself accountable so I won't go on and do it, but I can't take back what I've already done. Mm-hmm. I can't fix that. I can't undo that. I don't get to take back, you know, my microaggressions or whatever else that I've done throughout the week. And I felt like most of these abusers who get, you know, called out and for like, in, in our, what am I trying to say? Get called out to be canceled. What happens is, like, instead of, like, they don't even make that first step to say that, hey, these are the ways that I fucked up and this is what I'm going to do to, like, seek help. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously seek help, not on that bullshit. Like, I'm going to tell my therapist that the whole world is just against me right now and I don't know why. Like, no, are you going to sit, like, you need to sit there and tell your therapist, hey, I rape women and this is why I do it and mm-hmm. this is the power that or, I hey, I rape women, I want to figure out why I do yeah, it. Yeah. And a lot of be like, I don't know why. And that's also a form of denial. Yeah. Um, but like, those are conversations you would have to be having Mm -hmm. and letting the public know that this is what's happening because you do all that transparency to us now, because if you expect, because I I won't do it, but there's some people who out here who will still buy into your shit Mm -hmm. and still support you and you owe them knowing that, Hey, I'm doing the work and this is how I'm doing the work. Continuously. Because you have to. And I feel like don't make a statement in 2012 and then expect me to look back at that statement in 2016 and be like, how you ain't know already did this. Like a lot of people are like a lot of like similar to like fucking Kevin Hart. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Similar, he's like already had this apology to all these LGBT people. I'm already done with this. Oh my god, get over it. It's like and bitch, no. Well, well, first of all, you never apologize. We've searched. Second of all, it's like well, how am I gonna get over some shit you inflicted on me? This like something that is still loaded. People are still citing that you have said this thing, mm-hmm. and so it is still inflicting violence onto people who are like me. And you being a rapist, you coming out and saying that these basically like, oh, these bitches lying on me and they doing it for clout off my name. You have way more, like you already had a lot to apologize for and to be held accountable for or just off the backs of you raping people. But now you are adding slut shaming and victim blaming on top of that. Yeah. Now you are contributing to the system of rape culture that we, where we don't believe victims and where we, uh, not only th- and will we victim blame them if we do? It's like, oh, maybe he raped you, but it's your fault that he did. Like my fuckers are truly in what in his comments, right? That like I said before, his tweets are deleted, um, his account is deleted, uh, and so like the people in his comments being like, I'm glad you finally spoke up for yourself. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. We spent too much to talk about this for a few yeah. minutes now, and it's just like, long story short, believe, um, believe survivors, believe survivors, believe women, believe people. Yeah that have gone through things in general and also hold motherfuckers accountable, whether regardless if that's your homie or that's regardless if that's somebody from like five countries away that you just heard something about. Uh, the last thing I would like to leave y'all with before we get up out of here is that just because do not associate your proximity to someone and the fact that they have not abused you to the mm-hmm. fact to the idea that they cannot be an abuser. Mm-hmm. Abusers choose and curate their victims uh, very strategically. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they have decided that you are someone that they cannot use in this way that they could use someone else. So that doesn't mean that they will not do it. It just means that they have, for whatever reason, determined they can't do it to you. And that doesn't make you better, stronger, wiser, whatever the fuck. 
maybe they just know that I can exploit you as easily as I can exploit this other person. And the fact that they are willing to say that, oh, I can't exploit you or I can't hold something over you in the same way I can do this person should just let you know the kind of person that they are. Because I see way too many people in general, not just in this situation, being like, well, I've done a photo shoot with this person. Mm. I've made music with this person. They've never done that to me. That don't mean shit. R. Kelly has not raped every... He used to, he used to stay at Kenwood, actually. Hasn't raped every girl at Kenwood. Yeah. But he... There's... You know, if you've seen the, art, the, the documentaries and stuff, we know how he chose his victims. We know that he was choosing people who were wearing, you know, dingy clothes or was only ordering off the dollar menu at McDonald's. He chose people that he could like, hey girl, don't you want a singing contract? And it's the same way. Like all, like every woman that rapists, every person that a rapist meets doesn't get raped. So you not being one of those people, you should just one, thank your lucky stars that you were fortunate enough not to have that experience. And then two, believe survivors. Yeah. Believe survivors until you have astronomical proof not to. But believe survivors. Because there's no benefit into coming out against someone with alleged clout and saying that, oh, you've done this to me. There really isn't. I just want to, like, one, um, I'm not going to edit a lot of this besides, like, the name. Yeah, besides the names that I said. Um, and throughout this podcast, I have been saying victim versus survivor and, like, you know, having to correct myself on the spot for it. And I do just want to apologize for messing up that wording. Um, and that is an instance where that does fucking matter versus saying house or home, um, the way we started this podcast off. But that is something that truly does matter because it, it, it creates um, a rhetoric, a conversation. These people are, are destitute and victimized and in that whole situation, regardless of it, versus being like they survived the situation and they are gone towards with their um, existence, not forgetting, but also living still. Um, and also, I, oh, um, in the same aspect of being like, the the people who have not been raped, you are, you know, you have, you know, your own, I, I don't want to say you're lucky. Um, because you're privileged. You're, yeah, that privilege that you have, it does, but also the people who have been raped, there is nothing wrong with yeah. you. That person chose you off of their own bias, not because you have done anything that because anything is wrong with you, it's just their own shit that they have to deal with. And it's nothing of your fault that you have been raped. And I'm very apologetic for that experience that you had to endure. Um, one more thing. Also, some, we, I feel like we both picked up on this a couple of times. Sex means consent. This person has not had consent from his survivors, so he raped. Fucking, in the context that I use it generally, means consent, that means sex, which means consent, and this person has not had consent. Um, it is easy to, like, we're having a conversation on a podcast and we're very colloquial, and to, like, say, oh, you had sex with these people against their will. However, that is not that. You have raped, raped these people. You have raped these women. You have raped these individuals. Um, and I just want to, if anybody's listening to it, I want to be clear that that is where we're standing with this. We're not saying that he's having, you know, whatever version of consensual sex he think he had. He has raped these people. So that's it. Uh, and on that note, um, follow us on Instagram. It's a look pod. And we will, um, if you want to have ever and chat in with us, you can always hit us up on it's a look pod. 
to do a call-in segment. We would love to have that for the next episode. If people just want to have a conversation episode, that'd be very possible. Um, just let us know. You could be the only one that's doing it, but it's still very good. That'd be a good segment of the podcast. So don't be like, oh, I don't know if anybody else is going to do it. I mean, if you want to do it, holler at us. We are always open. Even if you hear this episode late, you can always hit us up on It's Look Pod. We would be down to have that conversation again because no matter if it's a month past and you heard this episode, you're like, I want to talk about it on the podcast. Um, it's still relevant, and that's the problem. And it's always just a podcast. And on that note, it's Oyana. It's Izzy. It's, it's a look. look.